0: And even...
3: Checkout's not until
2: 4, so...
0: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Winter
1: is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
2: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, so good to be with you I've been doing everybody's show but my own show, and now I'm back doing my own show. That's what I love, man. This is great stuff. We are so happy to be with you. So excited about 2019. <laughs> we just we got some cool stuff planned for, for the show. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We
2: are Farmers.
3: Bum, ba, da,
1: bum, 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 bum. Of course, good folks at Farmers are going to take us down to the Farmers Open. That's at Torrey Pines in San Diego, California, upcoming in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll be headed off to the Super Bowl shortly after that. Super week where we have all the best guests. Uh, we got college basketball. We got NBA. Mike Pouncey's going to join us, center for the Chargers. Hey, uh, Ryan Music, happy new year to you. Um, Mike Pouncey. Where was he before he was in? Where was he before? He was He was in Miami. His brother has been in Pittsburgh, correct? That's correct. Yeah, got to make sure you get your pounces correct. Not a lot going on in Pittsburgh today, Rizzer. Not a lot? No? It's always amazing on how this week we spend a bunch of time talking about the teams that didn't make the playoffs, right? Next week, we'll talk about the teams that lost in, in the first round in wildcard weekend. And we'll have Mike Pouncey on center for the Chargers, who is a big challenge for them. They're going to take on the Ravens, and they did not play well against the Ravens, especially up front. I'm going to ask him, have they have they figured out what went wrong against the Ravens' defensive line uh, as they get ready for Saturday's game? Quick turnaround for both teams as the, the Ravens played the later game, although they played at home against the, the Cleveland Browns in a win against the Browns, which put them in the playoffs. So Mike Pouncey, center, L.A. Chargers, former Dolphin, of course, brother, uh, brothers with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers. All right. So uh, this, this has kind of happened fast. Yesterday, it was reported by Jason LaCanfora of CBS Sports. And Jason's going to join us later on this hour as well. That, that um, Antonio Brown had requested a trade. Now, there was a difference between the request and the demand of the trade. This all comes from a story of a couple of days ago where we learned Antonio Brown was a healthy scratch from Sunday's must win game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He doesn't play. They do win. We find out he 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 doesn't play because he got into some sort of verbal altercation with. Ben Roethlisberger, throws a football at Big Ben, leaves practice, doesn't return, doesn't come to walkthrough, doesn't communicate with his coach, doesn't communicate with his quarterback. And then Sunday morning, his agent says, hey, he's all good. He's ready to play. Here's Mike Tomlin on the situation.
0: Circumstances being what they were and the amount of things that we were going through, um, it wasn't a lot of communication there. Obviously, we take his lack of communication, his lack of presence, particularly on Saturday prior to the game uh, to be something that's very significant and will be handled appropriately so. I'm not going to speculate on trades and things of that nature. Uh, We haven't formally received a request in that regard. I'm not going to speculate in terms of where the discipline might go and things of that nature. Just know um, that it's going to be addressed and it will be addressed and needs to be addressed uh, for obvious reasons.
1: Um, let's that? Andrew Brandt, some of you follow him, of course, he used to work in front offices, has worked at The Athletic, has worked at, at other places. Uh, Andrew Brandt likes to tweet out, uh, translation, they're pissed, <laughs> right? Like, they're really, really, really pissed. And my guess is, and Antonio Brown conducted an interview, or is going to conduct, has that interview taken place on Twitter? Uh, James Harrison, who works for us, who's a former Steeler, remember James Harrison who left the Steelers and went to the, went to the New England Patriots last year after he was cut, has conducted apparently some sort of interview with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown also took to Instagram and after ESPN uh, put out Ryan Clark, who said, hey, you're creating a monster when you give him money. He called Ryan Clark an Uncle Tom. He started following the San Francisco 49ers. Antonio Brown is basically napalming everything with the San Francisco 49ers. I think Antonio Brown's an amazing, amazing talent. I don't know how he's always open, but in spite of the fact, or despite the fact he's always double teamed, he seems to be always open. But be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. Right? Like we operated under this, and I operated under the premise that it's $20 million in dead cap money if he does get traded, but there's always a way to trade a guy. There's a way to figure it out. And when I read that, uh, that the brain trust, that the Roonies are, are, not, are not in the mood to acquiesce to trade requests or trade demands. That's, and then Antonio Brown hears that and conducts an interview with a former Steeler who then, of course, joined the hated rival or the nemesis in the New England Patriots. It leads me to believe he's like, look, you don't have to acquiesce. I'm going to demand my way out of here. He's got Drew Rosenhouse as an agent. You only have Drew Rosenhouse as an agent if you want to get every last dime that you feel like you're owed. He's 31 years old, which is the wrong side of 30 for skill positions outside of quarterback in the National Football League. He quite obviously wants to go somewhere like a San Francisco. He's thought of, maybe I'll go to a San Francisco. Be careful what you wish for because you might get it. You might not get San Francisco. You might get Buffalo. <laughs> right? Uh, you don't like, if you just think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go like, Hey, San Francisco 49ers, here you go. He he wants, we're going to do exactly what he wants because he requested it. Like, how do you think that possibly works? You could not handle this any worse, any worse. If you were Antonio Brown. Yeah. We've seen the Steelers play hardball. His name is Le'Veon Bell. They offered Le'Veon Bell a contract that would have made him the highest paid running back in the league. He balked at it. They franchise tagged him. He played a year. They offered him a reduced contract because they'd already paid him a guaranteed year at a a rate commensurate with the top five at his position. He balked at that. They played a game of chicken. Le'Veon Bell didn't blink, but you know who else didn't blink? The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I, I'm not saying that he doesn't have some sort of beef with Mike Tomlin, that he can't have a beef with Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the perfect leader, the perfect quarterback, or he is without any sort of blame here. But dude, you, I would, I would think you gotta be a little smarter than this, right? You gotta play a little poker. No one likes their dirty laundry being aired. Nobody, especially, especially NFL teams. No one. And the second you start going, hey, I want to be traded. No, you're not going to acquiesce. Fine. Let me tell you exactly how I want to be traded. Let me tell you everything that's wrong. Like what? We can get a divorce. Why does it have to be public? We can make a trade, but you demanding it hurts your trade value, hurts what we get in return. So you know what else we're going to do? We're going to send you to somewhere you don't want to go. You don't like playing with Ben Roethlisberger? Have fun playing with Josh Allen trying to catch balls that are five yards outside your catch radius. We'll send you to Miami where you have no idea who your quarterback's going to be. We'll send you to Carolina where, good luck, if Cam Newton's shoulder gets healthy, he can even throw, throw a football accurately. Like, just the idea that we're going to send you to the San Francisco 49ers who got Jimmy Garoppolo and have a great play caller, an awesome tight end, and a ton of draft picks and cap space and hope for the future. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. This is the kid who wants to transfer. And the coach is like, look, think about it. You may want to stay here. Like, "No, no, no, I want to transfer, and I want to transfer to this place. And the coach is like, all right, fine. Look, you can transfer anywhere you want, except to that place. I'm fascinated to see what happens with the the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I hope that other wide receivers are watching Odell Beckham Jr. And watching Odell Brown, uh, uh, watching Antonio Brown, realizing they're hurting our value. Here are two super gifted players, super gifted players. And look, Antonio Brown has led the league in targets and led the league in catches, and this year led the league in touchdown receptions. You might be unhappy, but how unhappy could you really be? And the fact is that even with you, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not make the playoffs. So could they be worse without you? Yes, but they could be better. Careful what you wish for. You might well get it. Airing a, a, a private relationships dysfunction in public, not a great
2: plan. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, three PM Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio Radio app.
1: I went to Chargers Ravens and it was, and I've been to other Chargers games, and it was the first time I felt, I, I really felt like there was a home field advantage. The Ravens fans there, sure, Ravens have won, one and uh, you know, won a couple Super Bowls, and so when you haven't had a pro team for twenty years you're going to get fans of different teams, especially ones that have won. But that was the first, it was a good environment. And yet that was the time in which I felt like the chargers frankly got outplayed, especially up front. And this offensive line is as big a story. People point to rivers and Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But one of the big stories with the LA chargers have been their ability to protect and open holes for that offense up front. And it starts with a huge free agent acquisition. Mike Pouncey, who joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show on fox sports radio uh mike you guys get another shot at the ravens what went wrong last time
0: <laughs> i mean nothing went right for us for sure um we didn't play that well uh you know we went in with the right mindset had a great week of practice that week uh they kind of just schemed us up and outplayed us and it was that simple but uh fortunately we got another opportunity these guys and uh we'll go out have another great week of practice and we'll be more prepared this game
1: yeah it's it's really really interesting um home teams especially have done well on Thursday night supposedly because it's easier to prep when you're at home you don't have the travel uh how much e- how much how much easier is it to get ready for a team in the playoffs when you just played them a couple weeks
0: ago yeah well that was a Saturday night game the first time we played them oh that's right uh, it was
1: Saturday night, that's Thursday my bad yeah
0: yeah so, but uh so yeah we had we had we had time to prepare for those guys then we just didn't play well they uh they were more hungry for that game they had more to fight for in that game than we did and uh you know, we let that one slip away from us. But uh, I mean, we know the spec from these guys. Uh, it's a really good defense. They they play really well together. But uh, you know, it's it's a lot easier to play a team whenever you've already faced them. And uh, luckily, we've um, we're only one week out from facing these guys, so we'll be ready to play this is a playoff game. It's win or go home. So uh, I'm sure both teams will be fired up and uh, ready to play. It's going to be a big time game.
1: When you signed with the Chargers, and Tom Telesco kind of painted a picture of how he thought you would helped kind of change the culture. I mean, they've had all kinds of issues with the offensive line, that, you know, between injuries and, and you know, uh, uh, you, know you, you lose your first-round pick last year to injury, never plays a game. You know, when he painted the picture of what it's going to look like, how close to it has it been from what Telesco, the general manager, told you to how it actually played out this year with the Chargers?
0: Well, I think it just it played out. The exact same way whenever we they pr- presented in front of me, uh, the football team that we had already had over here, um, and just plugging me in. Um, I think I've met all the expectations for this football team. This organization has definitely met all the expectations I've had for him. But uh, it's been an awesome year. Uh, one thing I can tell you about offensive line, is never one guy that's going out there and changing stuff. It, it takes a collective group of guys to go out there and play as one. And uh, I think we've done that for the most part of the year. We've really played really well together. Uh, we've had a couple games where we slipped up and um some we've won, uh, others we've lost. But as offensive line up front I feel like we've had a really good year and a, and we've been a really solid unit for this football team. Now every each week when we go out and we, we watch the film after the game there's always room for improvement. And uh for the most part we've improved week in and week out. Um this is this is one of those games for us is, you know, it's the biggest game of the year. A lot of guys have never played in the playoff game. Uh we know we know what's at stake for our football team, for our organization, and so We'll be ready to play more than we were last time. And uh, this, this is going to be one of those games where, uh, it's going to be very, very physical. Um, and the, the team that executes the game the, the game plan better will be the team that wins this game.
1: You know, people rave about your consistency, right? Like you had hip surgery, I think it was two years ago, and there's some questions yeah, about, you know, how, how much you, and I don't think, you tell me if I'm wrong, you haven't missed a practice, let alone obviously a game during your time with, with the Chargers. How, yeah. much of that, how much of that is you trying to prove to your teammates? How much of that is you trying to prove to yourself that you are in fact healthy? And th- that's, that's what kind of leadership is about, is about being an everyday guy.
0: Well, any time you come off a major surgery, especially the one I had, um, there's always questions about, you know, are you going to come back the same player or a better player? For me, I just always wanted to push myself to be a better player. I never wanted to come back and be the same player. And, um, you know, injuries happen in this game. It's a very physical game. It's just the guys that stick through it that, that keep pushing themselves to get better and better that I prevail from it. And, uh, you know, the Dolphins, they gave up on me. Um, they were just at a point where – you know, they just were ready to move on. And for me, it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, like, I was able to come out here and sign with this football team. Uh, they believed in me from day one. And, and honestly, I was, it wasn't about proving anybody wrong. It was just proving myself right. I knew I still had a lot left in the tank. It was about proving the Chargers right for giving me an opportunity. And uh, I've, I've been very thankful to be a part of this football team. It's been awesome for my uh, for for me to be at the uh, you know, back end of my career, be on a football team and have so much success and um, we're excited for it. This, this is going to be my first playoff game that I actually played and the one time we made it with the Dolphins I was injured. So I'm fired up for it. Uh, I can't wait. I mean, I've never played in a, in a playoff football game. I've always wanted to my whole career. So I'm excited for this opportunity.
1: Have you talked to your brother?
0: <laughs> I talk to him every day. <laughs> okay, so,
1: but I I got a couple things to ask you about your brother, Mike Pouncey joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. First, in terms, like, no one knows the Ravens like a Pittsburgh Steeler knows the Ravens. I don't know if you guys chop, talk shop to that level, but has he given you, has he given you any, like, hey, man, you got to do this, or you got to do that, or watch for this with, with the Ravens?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we talk a lot about, you know, just opponents that we go up against, uh, what to expect. Um, he, these guys are very stout up front. Uh, they take on double teams very, very well. And so, uh, for the most part, is just you know going out there, staying on our double teams, not having to come off on the backers when we don't have to, or coming off too early because this three-four kind of scheme that they, these guys run, they uh, they they make their their money off you know getting linemen stuck on double teams and then having one guy come off too early and then the linebacker making the play. So we'll go in. We'll uh, we'll do a good job of uh, blocking these guys up front. and If we do our job as the offensive line, we feel like this game. It's going to be a real good game for us.
1: Did you have any idea the level of dysfunction that's going on in your brother's locker room before the last couple of days?
0: No, nah, not at all. I mean, my brother doesn't talk anything about his football team outside of what his the guys on his team. You know, that's not none of my concern. My concern is our football team. Uh, I feel like the less distractions you have as a football team, the better chance you have moving forward and having success throughout the season. So that's what our t- football team tried to focus on, you know, just – you know, putting the team first, uh, not having any distractions, and uh, just worry about uh, protecting the team.
1: Um, Hunter Henry is going to play this weekend. What What is that like to see a guy, I and mean, he goes down in OTAs, and everybody said, alright, he's done for the year. And then there was there was talk of him like, hey, maybe he can come back for the playoffs. And I think a lot of people said, like, well, that'd be a mistake. But obviously, he's proven himself to be ready. What, what's it like to all of a sudden for the postseason, uh, I know you didn't have Eckler last time, but you've had Eckler throughout the year, but to have to have a, a a a Pro Bowl caliber tight end all of a sudden healthy and fresh, Game 17, what's that mean to your offense?
0: I mean, it's big time for us. Uh, Hunter's been a great football player for this organization. Uh, he is a Pro Bowl caliber uh, tight end, and just to add that piece into our offense to have that threat um, for him to be able to get out there and um, help our football team win a football game is big time. I know it's going to mean the world to him. Uh, you know, he expected big things coming into the year. And then uh, he had the injury in OTAs, but uh, everything I've heard about him has been uh, awesome. He's a leader on our football team, and uh, we're all excited for him, man. We wish nothing but the best for him. We hope he goes out there and plays his best football and um, helps our football team uh, give us a chance, a better chance to win this game.
1: You think uh, you obviously played for for Urban at uh, at Florida? Do you believe yep. he's done? Do you believe he's done coaching?
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I love Urban. Urban was great to me, man. I always looked at him as a father figure. You know, I spent four of my um, years of my life up there with him. He was great to me. Who knows, man? I, it's hard for me to say that he'll never coach again because football has been his life. He loves it. He's an awesome football coach. But uh, if he walks away from it, I mean, he's walking away as one of the all-time greatest college football coaches uh, ever to coach again. game. Uh,
1: if there's one lesson, one thing, it could be football, it could be non-football, something that you, like, hey, man, I, I picked this up from Urban, and I take it with me wherever I go, what, what would it be?
0: Uh, there's so many different things I think for me uh, you know the one thing I would say is that the you know his competitive nature that he instilled in all of his players, whether it was to be the best in in the classroom or be the best on the football field, it made you a better uh football player or a better person off the field and so for me, I've always lived my life like that. you know he he gave us an example one time like there's gonna to be a bunch of guys in life where you're gonna pull up to a gas pump. And um you either gonna pump your gas and lock it on and go in the store and get whatever you want, or you're gonna be sitting at the pump looking at how much money you're putting into your gas tank. And so for me I always wanted to be a guy that was be a for set myself up to be a guy that was gonna, you know, be able to lock that gas pump, be able to go in the gas station, not worry about how much gas is gonna be putting my tank in. So that's stuck with me my whole life or since, you know, we've left college and uh you know, I've always appreciated everything. I've loved following his career. He's he's done awesome and um you know I hate to see him walk away from because you know he gives his sport so much. But uh if he if he chooses to, um I'm always gonna be a big Urban Meyer fan.
1: Well, pretty remarkable uh, career for you as well. Obviously making a Pro Bowl, uh and you know, coming off the hip surgery and as you pointed out, Dolphins gave up on you, but it's pretty obvious that you've made it back to a level, maybe even higher, than when you suffered that that injury back playing uh with the Miami Dolphins. Best of safe travels to Baltimore. Best of luck and thanks so much for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio.
0: No problem. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: All right, that's a uh, that's Mike Pouncey joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays
2: at noon Eastern, three PM Pacific.
1: Let's check in with Greg Cosell from NFL Films, uh, who of course has been doing this for his entire professional life, watching tape, breaking it down, sharing it with the masses. He joins us every week. And Greg, I want I want to get to this weekend's games, but you've also watched a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers tape. Does Does Antonio Brown have a gripe with how he's used? within Pittsburgh's offense.
3: I couldn't imagine he would have a gripe with that. The guy's caught over 100 balls for six years in a row. You know, that's personal stuff, Doug, which I know zero about. You know, you'd have to be there to know that kind of stuff. But uh, I couldn't possibly think that he has a gripe about his deployment within the context of that offense. That offense is built more so than anything else on individual isolation routes, and he's very good at those, and he gets thrown the ball an awful lot.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Like whatever, whatever, whatever gripe he seems to have, I can't see. It. Like you know, a couple years ago, he had 193 targets. Like, dude, you throwed me 193 times. How can I have have any issues with you?
3: Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, I don't know where to go with that, but I would agree with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Greg Cosell joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Let, let's get to let's get to this weekend. Yep. Um, I, I thought it was imp- It's. People say last weekend's game was meaningless for the Cowboys, but to win without Zach Martin, to win without Tyron Smith, to win without Ezekiel Elliott, and to win on the arm of, of Dak Prescott, give him some confidence, win 10 games, uh, I, I thought it was a, a smart thing to go for, go for the win. That said, what do you think of their matchup with the Seattle Seahawks?
3: Well, I think you have two teams with similar profiles. I think you have two teams that are built on the run game on offense and that play very good defense. And I think that uh, what you'll see in this game and what both teams to some degree rely on and count on is the fact that their quarterback theoretically can make critical situation plays, whether it's within the structure of the offense or outside the structure of the offense. Russell Wilson is a far more consistent quarterback at this point than Dak Prescott. He's a far better thrower. Prescott is very much of a second reaction player. He's, he can do that. He's nowhere near as consistent as Russell Wilson delivering the ball from the pocket.
1: You mentioned Russell Wilson this year's the team obviously has established a solid run game with Chris Carter uh, yeah. with Chris Carson. How do they match up with that speedy Cowboys defense?
3: That's a great matchup, and in fact, I'm dealing with that in the NFL matchup show this week because the Cowboys are very good up front, and they're very good out of their base look, and they're very good in doing what we call gap exchanges, where they slant and they change gaps after the snap of the ball, and they try to create a wall so it makes it difficult for the zone run game to work. And in fact, the the zone run game, particularly out of the shotgun, the inside zone run game is the foundation of the Seahawks' running game and offense.
1: Uh that's that's the voice of Greg Cosell from NFL films. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh let's continue, shall we, with the NFC. Like we'll, we'll keep in the NFC then we'll we'll move over to the AFC this weekend. Um the other NFC game is the Eagles taking on the Bears. How is Nick Foles? Nick Foles has been outstanding the past couple of weeks. What have they done to open up this offense?
3: Well, You've got to be careful about that. He's been solid. This past week against the Redskins, it was almost a preseason-type playbook. He, threw, uh, he completed 28 balls for 220 yards. Not many passes, went more than six, seven yards in the air from the line of scrimmage. It was a very simplistic offensive approach. I think that was by design. So you have to be careful about the last game. But they're playing a defense now that's really good on all three levels. They're very good up front individually and with the stunt game they're very difficult on the back end to decipher their coverages Vic Fangio may be the best in the league at blurring the lines between man and zone so this is a difficult matchup when you watch the tape for the Eagles offense
1: Stug Allem show here on Fox Sports Radio. I I agree with you that Bears defense is dynamic. Now the, the Eagles defense has been very good up front, right? That's yes. the, that's the strength of their defense. And there's some similarities in terms of schematics offensively, right? Yes. Like Doug Peterson comes from Kansas City. Of course, Nagy comes from Kansas City as well. How does the Eagles defense match up with with what the Bears are doing offensively?
3: Well, their D the lines going to have to dominate if they can. Um, The Bears' offense is built on sort of a mix of very cool schematics and very basic stuff because Mitchell Trubisky uh, needs that at this point in his career. The Bears very often will work to the short side of the field in their passing game, which is the boundary side, which is two-man route concepts because you don't have as much room. That's where Tariq Cohen becomes a big, big factor, and I think how the Eagles match up to him could go a long way in determining the outcome of this game.
1: This is Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's work over to the to the AFC. Colts go in, beat the Texans last time around. Um, what, what were they able to do? That's a good Texans defense, obviously very good up front, but Andrew Luck's team was able to go into Houston previously, and that's why uh, I'm sure they have a lot of confidence. What did you see when you saw the win on tape for the Colts last time around a couple weeks ago?
3: Well, I think one of the overlooked things in all the discussion about Andrew Luck and the deserved discussion about Andrew Luck is the play of the Colts' defense. Uh, The Colts defense in the two games this year has sacked Deshaun Watson 12 times. Wow. And there's a number of reasons for that. Some have to do with a poor O-line by NFL standards. Some have to do with the fact that Watson does not get a clear picture as often as he should and holds the ball too long. And some has to do with the fact that Watson often doesn't see pressure the way he should at this point in his career. And, in fact, in the Week 14 meeting, the Colts blitzed a little more than they normally do, and they caused a lot of problems. So we'll see how the, uh, the Texans now need to adjust to that.
1: All right, uh, let's get to the other AFC Championship game. Chargers really struggled to block the Ravens, and they sure and did. we had Mike Pouncey on, and he was like, "Look, we were prepared for it. We just didn't do a good job." Um, he said, "Like, look, the the three four, basically his breakdown was, um, you know, that they they want to get loose off those double teams, and then once you start scrambling, then the linebackers come in and make plays. Is it that simple? Is that what you saw on tape?"
3: No, well. I think one of the things that we've seen all year on tape with the Chargers is that their O-line has struggled at times in pass protection, and Phillip Rivers, being such a master, has been able, for the most part, to compensate for that and camouflage that weakness with the way he plays the position, but there are some teams and some games in which that can't be done. The Week 16 matchup was one of those games, and the... Uh, Ravens present, Doug, so many multiple front looks that you have to think through the game. If I, to be honest with you, if I were the Chargers, I would present a lot of empty sets, which clears up the picture pre-snap for the quarterback, and I'd probably go some no-huddle tempo and make it difficult for the Ravens to really do all their pre-snap movement, which really creates issues for pass protection.
1: It's Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. What about Lamar Jackson? They felt like, Chargers felt like they did a much better job in the second half with that. Obviously, yeah. the one Mark Andrews throw, beautiful throw from Lamar Jackson. But they felt like they, they figured out what they were doing in the second half. Same can be said, really, if you look last week with with Cleveland. Cleveland seemed to figure it out more in the second half. Um, what type of adjustments are people making to Lamar Jackson and this offensive style once they've seen it a little bit?
3: Well, I think, to be honest with you, the Ravens need to adjust a little bit now because they've they developed kind of a distinct profile. They play in the pistol and when edwards is in the game as the running back they tend to run a lot of dives inside when kenneth dixon is in a running back they tend to run run a lot of what we call gap scheme runs so they have become a little predictable so they need to adjust because i think teams are starting to get a feel for what their run game is depending on the back the chargers play with six defensive backs almost as their base defense gives them more speed on the field and lamar jackson has made enough throws up to this point within the context of their overall team. But my guess is he will have to throw the ball a little bit better in this game, be a little more consistent throwing the ball. Who do you like? In this game? Yeah. I probably like the Ravens because I think their defense will cause some problems.
1: Um, if I go back in uh, Colts, Texans, who do you like?
3: You know, my heart's pulling for the Colts, so I have to do that. I, I, the Colts, to me, are a very intriguing team, and I think their D.C. Matt Eberflus has done such a good job and, and maybe an overlooked job from a media perspective.
1: No, no question. And I think Chris Ballard's done a very good job, you know, in short order of kind of remaking remaking this roster. Uh, Chicago at home, I got from your breakdown, you like Chicago at home against the Eagles. Am I right? I do
3: but but i think it could be a game that's not particularly high scoring and those games to me are very hard to, to sort of pick, and I'm not a good picker of games anyway, right. Doug. But uh, you know, I think lower lower scoring games, which I, barring turnovers or special teams touchdowns, my sense is this game's not going to be 31-28.
1: Feels like Cowboys and Seahawks also low scoring. Is that is that the wrong uh, way to look at it? Could
3: be, but you know, when you have second reaction abilities by the quarterback, sometimes big plays can get made uh, outside of structure. Uh, this this game's tough. I probably want to pick Seattle if I really had to, but I'm not saying that with a ton of conviction.
1: Uh, a lot of us made a determination early in the year that Eli Manning was done, right? We saw a couple games, we're like, oh, he's shot, he's done. Right. Um, but you watch all the tapes, and the season is not over just because we think it's over and we've made our determination. Um, the Giants are open, I think, to the possibility of him returning. My guess would be, reasonable guess is, they want to bring somebody in or draft somebody to ultimately replace him, whether or not that becomes available this year, or they think like it's reaching too high in the draft. I I don't know. Having watched him on tape, how much does Eli Manning have left in the tank?
3: Uh, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be go, uh, overflowing with optimism, to be honest with you. Uh, can he still make some throws? Absolutely. Uh, I think he's very inconsistent at this point. I think it's easy to point the finger at the offensive line, which was certainly in flux throughout the season, and he needs to be really well protected at this point, but it's also the NFL. You're not going to be really well protected all the time. So uh, there was a lot of inconsistency to his game, there was too much inaccuracy in his game, and to me that's a problem
1: there were some misthrows by tom brady but also some also a dominant level of the from the patriots last week um to those of us who are those in the media uh some of us who thought you know brady's showing his age you saw him last week how'd he look
3: uh, I thought he looked a little better. I thought he moved a little better, and that was one area in which I, I thought this year he was not the same. His ability to move within the pocket, he even moved outside of the pocket last week a little bit. Um, so I thought he looked better. Uh, but I think they've, they've reached the point, in, in my view, based on my film study, where I think they can't win solely with Brady. I think they're going to need to be more balanced offensively, whatever that means in a given game. You know, It doesn't necessarily mean X number of rushes. It just means balance with In the context of a of that given game,
1: great stuff, Greg. uh, I can't wait to hear your breakdowns of the playoffs. Love your work, and on the matchup show as well. Thanks so much for being our guest, and happy New Year to you.
3: Same to you, Doug. Appreciate it. Thanks.
1: That the pleasure is all mine. That's Greg Cosell from NFL Films, giving us his unique look at this weekend's games in the National Football League. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
2: Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought.